Today we're talking about what agency life is like post-merger. And I'm really excited to have a fellow agency owner on, uh, Mark Sampona, Managing Partner and CCO of Canopy. Mark, thanks so much for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So talk a little bit about Canopy and, you know, some of the work that you guys do and, you know, just your, your overall philosophy. Sure. Well, Canopy is a fully integrated uh, branding design and digital agency. Uh, started about nine years ago. Um, and we work across many different verticals. Uh, we're generalists in nature, work in food and beverage, technology, finance, real estate. I would say food and beverage is probably more of our sweet spot. And we do everything from brand strategy, positioning, um, that's really kind of where we like to get started. And then we take those strategies, uh, those insights, and we activate them in the market for any, across any touch point. So whether we're doing websites, we're doing ad campaigns, we're doing experiences, uh, we're just doing package design, uh, pretty much any touch point for any brand we can activate against. But it all starts at the core. And, uh, and our philosophy has always been uh, ideas without borders. Uh, that's how we started the agency is to remove the filter that I've experienced at other agencies and a lot of people experience in big agencies where you have a filter and it takes big ideas and it brings them down to small ones where we wanted to create a very open and transparent and collegial environment and the way that we think with clients. So they're very much involved with how we work and the ideas from the outset. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of background on, on what we do in my role is, as you mentioned, managing partner and, and chief creative officer but I uh, pretty much touch a lot of different aspects of what we do. Yeah, wearing a lot of hats, just like every agency owner yeah. listening. Yeah. Um, so you actually went through a merger, and that's why we're talking today, uh, not that long ago, in 2015. Um, mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about what that experience is like? I mean, I went through an acquisition, but uh, from the merger side, I, I really don't have any experience with that. Well, um, yeah, it, it, it feels like it was a long time ago, but 2015 was not long ago. Um, and, and, um, you know, there's, there was, you know, positives and negatives, I think across the board, I think, um, you know, some of the things that, you know, that happened with regards to a merger and the merger that we went through was about strengthening our core, strengthening capabilities that, you know, we didn't see, we didn't have, and we thought that would you know, really, really, um, reflect nicely in the market for our clients. Um, so going through that, um, was, that was the key ingredient for us is to present this new offering, you know, from a media perspective, I'll just give you that background was media was the specific capability, uh, and also additional firepower, um, from about 30 or 40 new people that can help us kind of grow our business. And, you know, I think that that was a lot of the positives was we had additional firepower brains in the room, uh, new capabilities. Um, there were a lot of different hurdles though, as it related to that particular merger based on location. And I think also, uh, cultural fit and stylistically how the agencies operate and how they're driven, uh, and from our end. So, you know, being a very creatively driven agency, uh, from our end, we're all about big ideas, all about visuals and making that, you know, as impactful and breakthrough as possible. Versus another agency that may have been more that was a little bit more about analytics and data and obviously from the media side kind of right. that side is really measurement and you know wasn't as creatively driven as us so um, there may have been some kind of uh, pitfalls in terms of how we like to work um, so that was certainly part of it I think culturally you know being in different markets when you do a merger from an agency that you know we're based in New York as you mentioned. 
um, and another agency, a lot of agencies are looking for that New York footprint, the New York City footprint, um, and you come from a different market, um, you know, it can be tricky uh, because New York is very fast paced. Sometimes it's shoot from the hip, it's ideas, it's go, where in other markets, it's a lot more methodical, a lot more thoughtful, not in a negative way, but more like, you know, the pace isn't as fast moving. Um, so it can be hard to adjust. And that was one of the issues that we had was that adjusting to the, the pace and trying to make those meld a little bit better. And the um, the merger was with uh, an, an organization that was not in New York. Right. They were based uh, in... Uh, a northeast, northeast. I'm not going to get okay. specific to the uh, actual location, okay. uh, but yeah, they were in a totally different market. There, that uh, really just—it's not even just from an agency perspective, also from a lifestyle perspective. It's like kind of doing a merger. If you're doing a merger with an agency that's based in Italy, right? They're all about you know the the sweetness of doing nothing and the slow pace, um, you know, and, you know, so when you're doing that, regardless of the market, when we did that, you know, it's not something that we thought of initially. We we're like, that's going to be an issue, but you know, it certainly affected, um, you know, the, the, the productivity and the performance of the merger. Right. Right. And that's actually, that leads me to sort of a next uh, obvious question that I would have is like, how did that impact the various aspects of the business, whether it was the employees themselves from the the other organization, your organization? Um, you kind of mentioned already, like the approach that you took with clients and how had that um, on paper might have been like, wow, these two things are going to work great together. But yeah. they really didn't. So like, how did that impact other other aspects of the business that you might not have thought about? Yeah, I mean, certainly on paper, you always think it looks good and you can go, but when you really get into it, um, a lot of different variables come into play. So it certainly affected, um, I think, the workflow within the agency and the people uh, in terms of also how we were working, right? So not having everyone physically present in the same office um, was certainly challenging. Right. Um, doing work from one office to the next, uh, I think in any industry is very challenging. Um, so not having that FaceTime as often as we'd liked really was was uh, was difficult to overcome. Uh, we put in some different systems to mo try and m modify that and make it better, um, but certainly affected kind of, I think, the workflow in general. And I think culturally from a people, also people, um, the dynamic and the styles really kind of um, didn't rub and mesh well together just based on what we were used to and what they were used to, right? And then finding that common ground, what worked best. And, you know, after months and months and months of trying to figure that out, um, there were some things that we put into place to make that better. But a culture is cultural personalities are personalities. Right. You know, people work at certain agencies because they're dynamic and crazy or they're chill and traditional. Um, and they like that. So to try and put them together you know, it, it certainly affected um, some people culturally and just saying, you know, I, I didn't sign up for this. This is not really what I'm what I'm on board for. You know, I like this style versus that style. So um, that was certainly um, something that was very tough, um, you know, to try and manage, I think, overall. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you had the opportunity to kind of hit that reset button and start all the way at the beginning of this, um, still knowing that you were going to move forward with it, what kind of things would you have done differently or thought about differently or just executed on differently? Well, I think from the outset, 
I would have dated before I jumped into a full scale relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think that goes for any type of merger, unless you have a history uh, with that organization or the people within that organization uh, and you know what you're getting yourself into and it's a trusted bond. Um, I really believe you have to feel it out a lot. It takes some time to feel it out. And that could take three months. It could take six months. It could take a year. You don't have a really tight window there. But I think a good year will give you a a little bit less than a year will give you that sense. So that kind of trial period, I think, was something that I would have probably wanted to go about and having it be a little bit more of a looser arrangement uh, where we were trying to all find that common ground in that time period, that trial period to get a sense of is this working? I probably would be able to smoke it out <laughs> much sooner than a year, um, just based on I, I really kind of base a lot of what I do on gut and instinct. Um, and, you know, I pulled the trigger and sometimes your gut and your instincts are wrong, but uh, that's what that trial period can kind of do. Um, you know, so that's certainly something that I would have um, probably wanted to start off with. Uh, and then getting a, a lot of other things really fleshed out during that period or upfront where we have agreements on some of these, you know, variables or issues or challenges that we might see or really lying, like laying those out. Like mm-hmm. we just went in to say, okay, how is this going to be a strong partnership and how are we going to market that? Um, which you have to do. But I also think that you have to look at it from the negative side is like, what are the issues we might face with this merger? And then how do we address those before we get into it? Um, you know, which are a lot of the things that I was mentioning before is like, how do we address the geography, culture, the people, you know, the styles and the way that we work? How do we, how do we find common ground before we jump into it other than rather than jumping into it and trying and figure it out? Yeah. So I wish that we had done that. Right. And what about like, um, how is the communication with the employees? Like as you were, um, obviously, you know, agency owner to agency owner, you you guys are kind of all in. You're thinking this is a great thing. What was the communication approach to employees on your side and on their side um, as to that this was potentially going to happen and then, you know, what that might mean for them? Yeah, I mean, initially it was everything was behind closed doors for about three or five months uh, where, you know, people were wondering what we were, you know, talking about. Um but then once we started to communicate it, we were very open and honest with them about it. Uh, tried to obviously make it a very positive thing, um, you know, it in is terms a positive of positive thing. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. I mean, it's an opportunity for us to grow as an agency, for all of us to be a part of something new. I think that a lot of the people on our team hadn't gone through mergers. Um, it was my first merger. I mean, I've had part strategic partnerships, but it was my first merger. So. Um, you know, really kind of being able to go through that, but also look at it as positively as we possibly, as we can. So we were very upfront, very verbal, um, and transparent with, you know, how it was going to unfold. Um, and you know, I think people appreciated that yeah. some people stayed on, some people left because mm-hmm. they didn't, they didn't sign up for that. Um, but you know, I think that that was our process just to be as upfront. And I think it started from the top and obviously went its way down. Uh, even from their perspective, the the other the other agency was it was all senior leadership, and then it was a big announcement that they made to the agency, um, and then it was a big kind of reveal and a big showcase once we did make the announcement internally. So we brought the agencies together. Um, I did a big kind of introduction of Canopy and you know who we are and how excited we are for the merger, and really tried to rally everybody in an exciting way. Um, so, um, that's typically how I would do it. Even if I were to do a new one is really try to create that energy and excitement. Um, 
so there are probably a lot of agency owners and uh, you know different agency leadership who are watching, listening. Maybe uh, a merger or an acquisition is on their radar right now. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they have uh, an organization that they want to partner with in mind or not, it just could be like an obvious you know opportunity for growth. So being that you've gone through this, um, what what would be some foundational advice that you'd leave them with? I have probably have about a hundred things, but I think <laughs> I, can, I can distill that down to about three or four. Um, first off, have a great attorney, have a great lawyer. <laughs> um, when do you, you not know, need one of those? Yeah, I know, I know. Um, you know, so, you know, that's, that's, it's funny, but it's true. Um, you know, making sure that you have a very strong kind of contract in place that, you know, it works for both sides, but certainly covers you. Um, I think that, as I mentioned before, um, as you're going through it, if you can build in that phase where you have that trial period or that piece where you can kind of have that feel out moment and understand what, um, you're getting yourself into, um, you know, rather than saying these guys are going to strengthen our capabilities, you know, more about those other key things like culture, people, geography, whatever it might be, what are the challenges we might face, really address those up front. Um, a couple other things were to really be mindful of is, you know, I call it a walk in, walk out clause where any clients that you have walking into the merger, if something goes wrong with the merger, you can walk out with those. Um, so you list those clients and because at the end of the day, you, you want to be covered from that side. If you have a big client or a big roster, you don't want any kind of meddling with that if something goes awry with the merger. So making sure that you're covered from that standpoint. And then lastly, from an ownership standpoint, um, I think that you know if there's equity that's being shared and divided uh, amongst the new partners, making sure that there is what I call a sunset clause. Mm-hmm. So in the event that you're earning equity or there's an equity share, you are entitled to a set percentage if something, if you do break off the merger, okay. you know, and there is a sale. Um, so those are some of the things I mean, and then, you know, but the, the, I think the most important part is to make sure that, you know, you're getting yourself into a situation where you're addressing any issues and challenges up front as you get into it. Uh, and that way you can kind of actively work against those and work towards making those right while you get into the merger. Yeah. So, I mean, those are incredible and super insightful. And I think that's really helpful for anyone to just kind of create that checklist of what are the risks? How are we going to communicate this? I mean, on and on and on. So super helpful information. Uh, Mark, I really, really appreciate your time today. Uh, this was great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I uh, appreciate it. And Available anytime you need me.